The Asian elephant is native to the Lansang Mekong River Basin. These elephants are an integral part of the rainforest here. Throughout history, elephants and humans have lived alongside each other in relative peace, but it has not always been to their benefit. Today, there is a much greater concern given for their welfare and ensuring these majestic creatures can survive and flourish in their native lands. However, there are still a great number of elephants who are old or suffering from sickness and must rely on conservation sanctuaries and captive breeding to survive. This is Chiang Thai Heritage, an elephant conservation sanctuary near the city of Chiang Mai in northern Thailand. It was built by Pisut five years ago, who at that time had just taken in two adult elephants and one of their babies. There are about 70 sanctuaries like this in Chiang Mai. The majority of the elephants sent here have either been abandoned by circuses or logging camps. Pisut's two adult elephants are victims of the latter. Both became of little use to their masters after logging was banned in their regions. Luckily, the baby elephant didn't have to be separated from its mother. Every day, Pisut takes the elephants to the nearby river for a cool bath. Pisut put up almost all of his money to build the sanctuary. He hopes that by providing a comfortable and loving environment for his wards, they can cohabitate in a way that benefits everyone, including visitors. Mm. Thailand is world famous for its elephant sanctuaries as they give tourists a chance to get up close and personal with the animals in their natural environment. For Pisut, it is the tourism element that keeps his sanctuary afloat. Make yourself become elephant ladies. Uh, one, two, three. You look on the mountain, dry leaf, no food. We get the food from them. Where the food come from? The farmer. Right, so we have to buy the food from them. We give the job to the local people. And then elephant have clean food, no chemical. Thailand has a long history of breeding elephants in captivity. While some have criticized these practices, Pisut has worked hard to ensure his elephants live happy, healthy lives, and every tourist that visits his facility walks away with an appreciation for these magnificent creatures. They listen to us. 
they listen to us. What happened to the... To the this one, yeah. the, before he come here, the owner of the elephant used him to work. To, to to carry the tree, oh, right? To carry the tree uh, and maybe too heavy. And it got broken. Yes. Okay. When they train the male elephant to work to carry the tree, also train the female here. Okay, follow me this way. Pisut grew up in the rainforest, so he has always had an intimate relationship with his surroundings and the creatures in it. It is for this reason he mortgaged his house for a loan to build the sanctuary. Twice a week, Pisut goes to the nearby village market to buy food for the elephants. Because there are fewer plants in the Lansang Mekong River Basin during the dry season, Wild elephant herds usually migrate to more accommodating habitats. But for Pisut's three elephants, the sanctuary is the only source of food for their voracious appetites, which for an adult is 250 kilograms per day. Making sure they are well fed is Pisut's top priority. Since there are fewer tourists in the dry season, the sanctuary has no other source of income. To make matters worse, the vegetables in the garden aren't growing well. This means there's less food for the elephants, and the keepers can barely sustain themselves. Pisut eats only the bare minimum in order to keep the business afloat. For good luck, every day he hangs a string of rice from the roof, hoping the rainy season will arrive early, along with more tourists. The drier climate has caused the river level to drop and, as a result, the elephants have been taking fewer baths. The root of this elephant's broken tusk is inflamed, so Pisut must be careful not to cause it any more discomfort when he cleans it. Oh. 
างนี้ก็เป็นอย่างนั้นเออนี่ล่ะเป็นอย่างนั้นเป็นทางปูนทางเดียวเออเอาไปเรียบร้อยเยสิบนาทีแล้วเขาก็จะกลับไปบ้านแล้วนะครับเพราะว่าหลังIn order to create a stable life for these elephants, without inhibiting their natural behaviors and impulses, the keepers are constantly adapting to each new situation. With the rainy season approaching, life at the sanctuary will soon be back to normal. Until then, all Pisut and the other keepers can do is wait patiently. This cohabitation is not without its challenges, but with every challenge also comes opportunity to learn, to adapt, and to create a better life for everyone and everything in the rainforest. In Dali, Yunnan Province, the quiet beauty of Tsangshan Mountain and Arhai Lake has attracted people from many of the surrounding regions. Whether they are tourists or those wishing to settle down here, their presence has had an unmistakable impact on the city. Zhao Qi Liu lives in a neighboring village, and his family has been fishing in Arhai Lake for generations. Today, he is a cook at a local restaurant, 
which serves a delicious selection of traditional fish dishes to guests from all over the world. Despite being a small town, Shuanglang has become a popular destination for tourists and migrants. In fact, today, there are more migrants here than locals, and the town's already limited ecological resources have become overwhelmed. To protect these precious resources, fishing and fish farming in Arhai Lake are strictly regulated. Cage culture is now prohibited on the lake, so Zhao Qiliu is unable to continue life as a fisherman. Instead, he visits the town market every day to buy from the local fishmongers. Fortunately, his experience tells him which fish are closest to the ones found in Arhai, so he is able to bring back those with the most authentic flavor. For today's special dish, Zhao Qiliu has bought some mirror carp, caught from a neighboring county's reservoir. Though they are still alternatives, in his hands, no one will ever know the difference. Arhai Lake is one of the most important water sources in the mid to upper reaches of the Lansang-Mekong River system. Located at the foot of the Zhangshan Mountain, Arhai Lake was once surrounded by vast stretches of fertile land. Before the 1980s, areas to the east of Arhai still relied on water transportation, so families like Zhao Qi Liu's could make a nice living from building boats. But as the fishery and agricultural industries changed over the years, many families turned to other, more profitable trades. Along with providing the town with a nice injection of wealth, flourishing tourism has also created some new opportunities. Late in the evening, 
but Zhao Qiuliu isn't quite ready to call it a day. Instead, he is burning the midnight oil on something he holds very dear to his heart. After all, it's a tradition passed down to him by his parents, and one that has been in the family for the last 200 years. By selling these small fishing boat replicas to tourists, he can make some extra money on the side while staying true to his heritage. Recently, a number of sunken boats have been retrieved from the shoals of Ar Hai. He and some of the other craftsmen in the village have been restoring them in hopes of permanently displaying them on shore. While Zhao Qiliu misses his former life, he acknowledges there is a need to adapt to changing times. According to him, as long as our high lake exists and its waters are clear, those good memories will never fade away. Phnom Srok, a village in Cambodia's Bante Manche province, is famous for its textile industry. The silk spun from these golden cocoons is known as golden Khmer silk. Shrey Mom has studied textiles since she was 10. In the past, every household in Phnom Srok used to raise silkworms and weave brocade. But in recent years, the use of pesticides has affected the yield and quality of silk, resulting in the sharp decline of the local silk weaving business. Many families had to give up weaving, and many of the young have gone to work in cities along the Cambodian-Thailand border leaving the women, children and elderly behind. Srey has always wanted this to change and thus restore some of the village's vitality. Luckily, Saruan, who has left the village for the city, has given her a ray of hope. Saruan runs a store in the big city of Siem Reap, specializing in the wholesale of Cambodian silk and cotton fabrics. Her handmade silk fabrics are sold all over the world. Angkor Wat, the world's largest temple complex, has brought more and more tourists to Siem Reap 
and opened up more opportunities for Saruan's business. But for it to really thrive, she still needs more people willing to return to her hometown and carry on the tradition. Saruan decided to join forces with Srey back home, setting up a cooperative in Srey's courtyard for women in the village interested in getting into the textile business. Now, with a growing network of sales channels, these traditional local textile skills are back in demand. Almost every loom in the village belongs to the cooperative, which has expanded from around 20 people to over 100. It has also encouraged the locals to start planting mulberries and raising silkworms again. Srey and Saruan insist on dyeing their silk with locally produced natural dyes so their fabrics stand out from the rest. But Saruan wants more than to just restore these traditional crafts. Having worked in sales for years, she knows the pros and cons of handmade products very well. Since her handmade products are too expensive for the locals, they are mainly sold to foreign tourists. Therefore, she and her husband are looking to expand their business scope by designing new patterns and using the internet to meet the demands of the international market. The history of Cambodian silk can be traced back to the 13th century, when silk products were only produced for the royal family. Today, Cambodian silk must face the scrutiny of the outside world to be successful in the global market. However, Saruan and Srey Mom believe they are following a trend and that their handmade Cambodian silk will survive long past their generation. Like many parts of the world, the Lansang Mekong River Basin is struggling to keep up with the changing times while maintaining the traditions of the past. But the people, like the river, are as resilient as ever. Some stick steadfast to their traditions, while others embrace change. And then there are those who are happy to strike a balance with the demands of the modern world and nature. Striking a balance that connects one's past to present, yet still provides hope for the future, seems like a daunting task. But as it is with nature, people too always find a way. <laughs>